Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Richard and Dr. Ed Show. Before we get started with all the epic knowledge, Mr. Ed has some information for you guys. Yes, hello, everybody. Just want you to remember that the information provided in this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Always consult a qualified healthcare professional before trying out any recommendation you hear on our show. Just remember, if you have an acute or an emergency medical situation, then you should call the right number, 911 or whatever your number is. One of the hosts, i.e. me, is a medical doctor, but I am just here to share my knowledge and experience and not to diagnose or treat any condition over the microphone. But I do recommend taking your vitamins and drinking plenty of water. And remember to be kind to yourself and fucking enjoy life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Three, two. Bam, we're back. Mr. Ed enjoying the beautiful sunshine in the UK. I've got my base burn from Mexico, so now I can uh, expose myself to all sorts of, of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We've been getting like sun in and sun out. It's been interesting. I saw on your stories, you got some nice sun. There was, yeah, in the morning was really good. I'm alone with the two kids, so um, we have 15 minutes for this podcast before I have people showing up to my house. Awesome. It'll be a quick one. I like it. Three, two, one, go. Fire the question. Um, yeah, it was nice and sunny, uh, but day is on. I For her birthday, I got her like a let her go for a whole week without the kids. Mm-hmm. I think it's always important to kind of separate a little bit and have your own time, especially as a parent with little help. And so I'm alone with the two kids. So that's going to be chaotic. We'll see how I survive. <laughs> Thank you, Manish. Anything yeah. popped up the last few days that you've been thinking about, you want to chat about uh, or discuss? There was something that we that I was looking into, and then I right now I totally spaced, and I had it. I was like, oh, it'll be really good for the podcast. And now I went away, of course. It's like when you go, when you have a pain in your shoulder or something's not working in your car and you take it to the technician and then not, it's not hurting anymore. But anywho. And then when you leave, it starts again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens with my clients a lot. They don't show up because they have low back pain or shoulder pain. And I'm like, and so where does it hurt? And they're like, well, right now it's not hurting anymore. I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> so that's the, the rule of life. Well, I think people will turn up not necessarily because they're in pain, but because they want to understand why they're in pain. Right. I think it's an important part of it. Like we, we just really want to understand ourselves better. Right. I think I do want to bring up the, the review you got from the guy that you were working with, with adrenal fatigue, because I think that's a cool new chronic sort of stage that we can also be working on in the more natural way. Yeah. I um he hasn't given me permission to fully post the testimonial yet, but we can certainly touch on the approach. Um, but he posted it on the on his group, right? So yeah, so he's a member of um lots of kind of community groups as people with chronic fatigue syndrome tend to be, just because the the conventional medical system doesn't have a 
a, a, a structured pathway to help these people. And people now are finding the case with long COVID as an example of that. It's been labeled long COVID, but the symptoms are essentially exactly the same as what chronic fatigue is. You have a almost a, a lingering um, manifestation of the original illness. You might have specific symptoms related to the illness, but the thing that's kind of pervasive is this, this chronic fatigue and sense that any level of exertion can um, trigger kind of a massive crash, but equally it can trigger the, the discomfort. So for example, long COVID people can get kind of their cough back, their lung pain comes back or um, a very interesting phenomenon that plays very much into uh, your concepts of the nervous system as a, as a learning machine that we can access through movement and my concepts uh, of the cell danger response, which these uh, physico-chemical traumas so to speak, can can persist at the cellular level. So this guy, um, unfortunately, like most of that population, they, they've been unable to work for a long time. And they, they the, the conventional medical system used to say um, that graded exercise therapy was helpful, which as a term is actually probably what they need. But as yeah. a registered treatment algorithm is not what they need because it essentially tells them that they need to do gradually more every single day right and what we know is that everything comes around in cycles and you need to be uh in some way intuitive and auto-regulating with your approach because some days might be better than others and pushing yourself with an external arbitrary objective target of doing a bit more every day might be the one thing that led you down the path of being chronic fatigued in the first place. Right. I find it interesting though, cause I don't know. I feel like it's a, I mean, it's a full blown collapse, right? Uh, essentially. And so, well, before I go off onto this rant, like, I think it's, it's pretty cool that being able to, it's, it's the fact that people are wanting to find the information outside of the medical system because um, I had the my other client and it was the same thing. It's like there's Facebook groups with like thousands of people mm-hmm. that all have these same symptoms. So it's it's super interesting as a coach, if you can help these people and understand that we're not just treating the symptom, that's the byproduct. We're really working with the root cause. Yeah. You can start to impact a lot of these very knit groups because uh, I think that there's a lot more of that population out there where they're just willing to go search everywhere for a solution because modern medicine hasn't brought it. Um, and maybe it's brought temporary relief, but not an actual cure to the cause um, or a change, right. Of the system. Um, I lost my, my, my train of thought, but anywho, it was, you know, I think that the, that the, the fact that, there's people out there that are willing to search and know insane amount of information about their body is one thing. And then them applying it is another. Yeah. So I think that's where you were <laughs> going to go with the full class yeah. because again, I see it a lot with um, this group in, t- in particular is that they, they're constantly seeking new answers and all that information outside of the system, which is great. They can be very good educational sources for doctors as well. And we can learn from them. 
Right. Um, and the institute I work at works with this population, doing brain scans and all that sort of thing. But as you say, at one point, you need to focus on one thing and persist with that one thing. And when I say persist, I mean learn about it. Right. In the context of you as a human. Well, yeah. And because there's no linear progression for this. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, like that's one of the, the biggest things. Like I, I, we had that one client that, was, that did have chronic fatigue. And it was, you know, he started to feel a little bit better. And then it crashed, right? And so, again, the easiest thing for anybody that's in chronic pain, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, chemical, it's always to make them feel better or to relieve that the symptoms. The hardest thing is to continue to continue once that that upregulation starts to downregulate again and starts to crash. And so, in this particular case, chronic fatigue, I feel like it's a I don't want to be a dick or victimize anybody, but I feel like it's a very soft way out of being in a full collapse. Like if you don't have anything that excites you enough, and now again, chemically, there might be some massive imbalances and and things going on. But I think that, you know, I work be dealing with work. Let me hold on a second, regain my thoughts. Having worked with a lot of, people that had two to three jobs and were trying to support families back in Mexico, support their families in the U S you know, living in a three bedroom apartment with five families. Like those are the guys that should have adrenal fatigue. You know what I mean? Like that's a whole lot of workload going on and overwork and they still keep going and they're still happy. So I think at some point with adrenal fatigue, like there's just a full collapse because you don't know how to get, out of a comfort zone at some point and everything just becomes so overwhelming that it just crashes you back down from the neurological standpoint. Yeah. Um, I agree. So, I mean, I suppose I can talk about a bit about what I did. Yeah. That'd be awesome. What the approach was. So, um, I mean, essentially knowing these things from, from your teachings, um, the, even going for a short walk appears to be very strenuous and uh, can lead to a, a collapse for days for for these these people, um, which right. is nasty, right? Because most people tend to feel better after they've gone for a walk. Um, so when you when you believe and when everybody tells you, "Oh, just go for a walk, just do as much as you can," and then stop, um, and and you feel like a failure because you crashed afterwards, then it, it makes you less likely to want to go and do that again. Right doesn't doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it again. It's, it's going to happen the same way, but um, it's the way that we create tension when we walk that I thought would be important. So, starting on the floor with the swami was a really good way for um, the person I worked with to learn that they had extremely extremely tight uh, low abs and hip flexors. And uh, as we did it, uh, they began to tell me, "Oh yeah, I've already always." kind of struggled with tightness of the um of the psoas um Mm -hmm. i think on both sides but particularly the right side they mentioned back when we started working together um and it was again just allowing them to observe that and then through going for a bit longer and a bit longer they could start finding and creating tension in the body but in a pleasurable way 
and afterwards not feeling completely exhausted but feeling slightly energized a bit lightheaded and um like there was a a, a path forwards on oh this is something that i can do lying down that i'm not very good at that i can get better at and that i can feel on a daily basis oh there's more tension here there's less tension here this is where there's gaps this is where i need to focus and over time that's led to him um, getting better at that he's added in leg raises he's added in bicep curls and he's now been able to progress to squats and when he, when he first came to me, he said all he wanted to do was get off the floor and do a sit-up. Right. So in, in me giving actually very little guidance, he's been able to progress through his own learning about his own body. And uh, he had chronic fatigue syndrome before he got long COVID. Um, so he's now back to where he was prior to getting COVID, which is great. COVID, so he's okay. made almost a year's progress in a a couple of months that's awesome dude. and we did the the testing of a few um metabolites as well well i say a few a couple of hundred and uh, <laughs> there were a few minor things but it wasn't as like the, his um his energy production systems were actually mostly intact right this is, this is the thing um there are people who are very adamant that chronic fatigue is purely a kind of a chemical imbalance that's not allowing you to produce energy in the mitochondria but at some point that has to be communicated to it's safe to use energy in the body right and one way that we do that is through connecting to muscles and making sure that it's done in a safe way that builds confidence right that's essentially what we do beautiful yeah i mean it, it and it was so it was basically swami and then going into walking outdoors nasal breathing so yes yeah, swami initially and then as um as he kind of gave me feedback i could say well um maybe add some like pump into the chest so just mm -hmm. grabbing the kettlebell he could do that lying on the floor some car phrases as well and then adding in the biceps and i just phrased it as just if you can find a way to get a pump in any muscle it doesn't matter which one but as long as you you don't feel like you're pushing beyond where it it almost becomes um painful as opposed to the opposite right um, and that's just allowed him to again explore all of his body and the connections and then now going into the summer He's very aware that the sunlight is uh, potentially one of the most important things for allowing him to regenerate and rebuild some energy stores. So, um, yeah, adding in a bit more movement outside. Um, Beautiful. It's it's slow progress, but it's huge progress for him from his perspective. Yeah, yeah. which is always the I key think... thing to remember. People compare themselves right. to others. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, for him, it's probably such massive progress and he's so grateful for it, even though from an outside hearing that he was just doing Swami for, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes a day or, you know, every other day, seems like there's not much progress happening. That's a lot of work in, in somebody's somebody else's shoes, right? Uh, did you notice any uh, displacement of tension in the breath? Was he holding his breath on the exhale more than on the inhale? It was a long time since I was with him in okay. person. 
Um, but um, um, yeah, initially there was probably both ends. Okay. Yeah. Um, some. Why do you say that? Uh, I was just curious. <laughs> I'm trying to paint the picture in my head. I, I like to draw the the assessment in my in my own in my own head. Um, and how long has he struggled with chronic fatigue? Pre long mm, COVID. Uh, 2014, 15, 16, kind of went. Holy shit. So a good amount okay. of time. And that's why the celebrating those those small wins and the even the the gradual nature of the progress is very important because I mean it's it's almost ten years of the nervous system learning to protect itself by, right. by not moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but rebuilding the movement side of things is uh it needs to go slowly and it needs right. to be in his hands rather than in mine. Was there a change? Did you ask about any sort of traumas? Not that you need to explain the traumas here, but were you able to get into the emotional side of things on it? Um, it, so it was fairly, fairly open from the start. Yeah. Um, when we did the history, he mentioned a few things um, that okay. he's, he's aware of and the, yeah, some, some triggering events still precipitate fatigue um okay less so i think and i think uh, another thing to mention as well is when you start to do the swami and use these movements then you, you build an awareness in your body where sometimes things can feel more intense right um and i think he mentioned some some symptoms of anxiety and um other things that he'd experienced before had started to come back. And I said, okay. well, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just where the, the layers are being peeled back yeah, exactly. in time. Right. And now it's just a matter of finding where, how to handle those and, and reface, reface them. Right. That's where the, the movement would come in. Yeah. That was uh, one of the cases I had. And I mean, there was, Borderline paranoia, anxiety, um, I would say some depression, PTSD. And then I think you have like this kind of chronic fatigue and blood sugar level issues, um, hypoglycemia, all of it, right? <laughs> but it was that, it was like, you just need to start with one, one day at a time and slowly peel away the layers. And as the anxiety starts to build or you start to feel that panic, it's being able to teach them how to express it Otherwise, they just crash even more. And so that was one of the biggest things because she had some, there were some issues there. And there were some triggers that would just bring up these panics. And so more than more than anything, it was like being able to understand the neurological side of things. And then how can you combat them through the physical part, through the movement, right? And that's a, I think that's a, a skill in its own. And it probably takes some time, especially if you're doing online or remote work to understand how to teach and, and kind of preface things so that you can, you know, I always say like you can ninja fuck people. And so it, when that starts to happen, like your voice is in the back of their head, but it's memorable. And then they can act on the, on the panic and on the anxiety. Yeah. There's, um, I was just going to find it. So one of my friends has just got uh, Rick Rubin's new book which I'm going to get. I think there's a lot of oh, lessons nice. in it that would be uh, cool to learn. And I think one of them revolves around if you believe something, do the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, the opposite is true. And I, I think you, you reflect on a lot of things maybe we're taught conventionally that appear to be in in opposition to what actually helps. But one thing I was thinking about is um, even for myself, like I've had some, uh, we discussed this uh, together as well. Like I've had some discomfort uh, with my left hip. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about it from a client perspective, but then I thought, well, I haven't done uh, heavy carries and uh, yeah, the, the yoke carry for a long time. And I think most people, if they had kind of a back pain, a lower back pain, they would really shy away from doing something like a heavy yoke carry because the worst, the last thing you want to do when you've got a sore back is to load your spine with something and move dynamically <laughs> that you think you're going to snap your spine. And yeah. I was like, well, that's exactly the thing that I'm avoiding. So I'm going to do it. And I worked right. up to 245 kilos, I think. Nice. And until, until I got 245 kilos, which is basically triple my body weight, I could feel a discomfort. And as soon as I was able to walk and the breath was a challenge at that weight, but I just like the goal became rather than thinking about not letting my back be sore. It was just try and get this to the other end without letting it slip off my shoulders. Right. And sure. as soon as I finished it, the, the discomfort disappeared. Nice. And um, I, I think that's the, that's the thing. It's, it's knowing you can build all the pump in the muscles and you can gain all these connections, but at some point, there there has to be enough stress in the system to really learn the lesson right to to reset things yeah for sure yeah that's a and again <laughs> the last thing that somebody with back pain would want to do is go pick up something heavy especially loaded on the structure on the shoulders yeah like oh we're gonna go walk with this <laughs> but it works <laughs> what the body needed to begin with um that was a the I mean the yoke might be a little bit aggressive for some people. I want to kind of yeah. add context to this. Don't go carry a yoke if you're having back pain right away, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, you Not you spend a lot of time. Yeah, you <laughs> you spend a lot of time training. Like this is a unique case. If I'm having somebody with low back pain, I would not necessarily put them on a yoke. No. Um, but you know, pushing a, a heavy sled or doing like a heavy harness crawl or you know sled drags, things like that. The key is creating forcing the neural output of the muscles the more efferent the bigger mu muscles and creating that blood flow and that movement so that the body can realign itself you know and and, and we forget that you know less than maybe 100 years ago we're getting older but you know 100 years ago you still had to do a shit ton of work in order to go to work in order to you know if we think right before that what was it that was about 100 years ago was when the car was invented right Maybe a little bit longer than yeah, that. something like that. There was a lot of work to be done. Like no matter if you, even if you were just like a pure businessman, like there was still, there was a lot of movement. happening. So I think that people really forget about how much movement and how much stress and, you know, functional movement than stress the body took on on a daily basis. And it's interesting, like when you start to see all the people that have issues in movies and such it's always like people that are 
you know, like I'm, I'm watching House of Dragon and I know it's not historically correct because it's a methodological thing and so on and so forth. But it's always like the kings and queens that have all these like gnarly issues, right? And so, mm. you know, it's um, it's an interesting thing. Like I think the more you start to move, it sucks in the beginning. It sucks for everybody. Like I've been out of shape and having to get back in shape, it's miserable. It sucks. I understand it's a fucking uphill battle, but yeah. you have to keep moving. And so when you continuously analyze, like if you were to stop at 100 kilos, your back would still be hurting. You have to push past these points so the whole body and the whole system can get together and be like, we have to make things better. Yeah. Right. And that's that I think that's one of the the biggest things is like, you know, looking at the chronic fatigue, you do want to have a point where the body's gonna be like, fuck this shit, like we need to change, especially if you if you did all these all the testing and and chemically speaking, you know, all the all the markers were pretty much in line then that leads to the next system, which is movement needs to take place and then probably facing some of the emotional stuff. So it doesn't become so overwhelming, which requires movement. Yes. Because just doing the talking therapy can crash people just as hard as as the exercise, Mm -hmm. if not done correctly. Absolutely. Uh, Which we've seen a lot. And I think those are the people that maybe gravitate towards us. Right. Um, when the, I mean, there's a time and place to d- have the discussion, but uh, when the person's ready. For sure. Otherwise, you're screwed. Um, I have to go. That's okay. But guys, this was a beautiful, short, little, quick, boom, lots of little nuggets in there. Uh, make sure you follow us along at Dr. Ed Caddy at Rare Barracuda on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. I think I mainly use Instagram, Websites. but all of them. Website, richardsevens.com, dredcaddy.com. And we'll keep on kicking ass, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys on the next one. Well, you'll hear us on the next one. That one. Peace out.